Please welcome, please welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast, a podcast where we talk about what makes a business valuable, learn the tips and tactics to increase your company's value that only veteran dealmakers know. And now here's your host, Ed Mysogland. Welcome to another episode of Defenders of Business Value. I'm your host, Ed Mysogland. And today's episode, this one's an awesome one. Um, for those long-term list, long-term listeners, I have um, at the end of every episode, I ask the guest, you know, what if you could, you could give advice to our listeners that would have the the greatest impact on their value and saleability. What would it be? And overwhelmingly, it's either you know get the business owner out of out of the driver's seat, you know, make the business less reliant on them, or B pour into their people. And so today we're pouring into people. And that is with Amber Fields. Amber Fields is from an organization called True You. And they they help, they have a community, they have coaching, they have a a a wide breadth of services that aid in pouring into developing people. And the reason number 1 the reason I, I i i wanted to have amber is her transparency she is as as good as they come and you know she's a great leader in that organization because when you talk to her and you'll hear it in the in the podcast that she's just very articulate very very deliberate and very transparent in the things that she that she says and second is that she cares that the she buys into their mission of where this is going and it's one person at a time and that <clears throat> to me is the most important part of what we do here and on this podcast is you know every business you know there's a business owner or business owners but that org chart is also important and that's why we want people like amber fields on on the podcast because she's talking about how we can pour into that whole org chart and how we can retain how we can grow and how we can make that business the best it can be so i'm certain as i always say you'll enjoy uh this podcast with amber fields of true well welcome to the show amber hi ed good morning good morning um before you came on, I, I I do my recordings, uh, my my intros before the guests show up, and it's probably my least favorite part of this podcast because when I ask you to kind of introduce yourself and and talk about you and your practice, it always sounds a lot better than my introduction. So you mind uh, <laughs> doing that for me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Amber Fields, I'm the Chief Culture Officer and partner of True You and ML Talent Strategies. And we work with organizations to solve the number one problem we find in business today, and that is attracting, engaging, and developing your talent so that you can retain that top talent. So we're working with companies to help them become destination workplaces where people want to work and don't want to leave. Destination workplace. That's mm -hmm. a great term. Um, and, and the funny thing is when we, when we, when we work with a lot of, we, you know, we work with a lot of small business owners, and I don't think they understand culture. I think that it's just a place where they get a paycheck and an yeah. owner provides some jobs. So I guess that's where I want to start is 
explaining the concept of company culture and yeah. its significance. Yeah. So the way that we view culture, you know, culture is made up of your purpose, your vision and your core values. And so your purpose is why do we exist? Why do we do what we do? The vision is where we're going and the core values are the behaviors around that. And so your culture is made up of your most competitive advantage, your people and your people want to work for places today uh, that's it's not just about money. It's really about the environment that uh the coming to work and feeling good, feeling like I'm making a difference, feeling like I'm using my talents. And, you know, we know you've heard of it. I'm sure you're talking with your folks um, that you're serving. The war on talent is crazy. You know, it's out there and uh, companies need to be working towards, like I said, that destination workplace um, and culture is where it's at. So, you know, we're focusing on helping organizations really build up their people. We believe that when you grow your people, you grow your culture. And so um, I'm sure we'll get into the details of what that looks like. But, yeah, that's our take on what culture is. And, and the funny thing is, why, why don't businesses see that they have a culture? You know, <laughs> and, and I have and it doesn't matter the size of business. I, I, I just don't see, yeah. you know, how how they how they miss it. And 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 we're guilty of it here at our shop, too. I mean, we get busy doing our own things and yeah. we kind of lose sight of. You know what we're doing because we're doing what we do, and yeah. but it seems as though in talking with you, there's just there's so much more to keeping that mm -hmm. you know kind of the north star of culture going. So can you can why how are businesses missing this? Yeah, I think that uh, organizations look uh, businesses have culture, uh, whether they're intentional about it or not. You know, there's two types of culture: the one that you intentionally create, or the one that is created by accident. And so a lot of small businesses feel like I'll get to culture later. Well, your culture is immediately made up by the people who work and serve you. And it's made up of, you know, it's the behavior. So when you're hiring somebody based on that purpose, that vision and those core values, you're setting the stage for what environment you want to create for those employees. And they're going to behave accordingly. So if you don't set the trajectory and build and help them see the vision and build out a foundation for that, yeah. you know, they're just going to behave based on their their past thoughts, you know, where they've come from, yeah. you know, bringing forward their experiences. And then it gets chaotic and messy. And, you know, then all then all kinds of crazy things happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny that I, I do believe and I, and I think when you and I originally met we we talked about the success ratio of selling companies and I do mm -hmm. believe that that the lack of culture contributes mm -hmm. to their inability to to become saleable and yeah. and and the funny the funny thing is I now that I'm I'm a little bit away from it you know away from it meaning you know I'm I'm looking at it from in a con in a contextual standpoint it makes total sense on you know and we'll talk about it here as far as exit strategies go but it's funny that that you know it what comes first the chicken or the egg and mm -hmm. it seems as though it's not whether or not you can get yourself out of the business because that's 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 important but mm -hmm. it's the people the the talent and the culture will facilitate you getting out of the business. And yeah. so, and I guess that's where, where I want to go next is, 
you know, what influences, you know, the company culture. And I know right up plastered on your website, you've got, you've got the, the triangle and, and you have culture in the middle, but can you talk about what contributes to an ideal company culture? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of businesses come to the table with a finance plan and a business plan, but they don't often have an intentional talent plan. And if you are not setting the stage for a great talent plan, it really becomes costly on the finance and the business side because you're spending, you're so reactive versus being proactive. And so when you come to the table and set this uh, trajectory and you really build out an intentional talent plan, it's really going to help because you're going to hire based on this. You're going to measure performance. You're going to fire based on, you know, your, your, sure. your those those three things that I mentioned. And so, you know, I think it's what really brings the value, because when when companies are coming under evaluation and looking, um, if you've got, uh, you know, where your finances go mm -hmm. like this, you know, and, and it's because your people because you're spending so much time in the recruiting space versus the retention space. So you're putting money towards always trying to keep up on that talent need. Yeah where you could hire for the right people and make sure they're sitting in the right seats. And then you can invest in them because they are the legacy or the future of your organization. Well, I think a lot of the business owners that we work with that complain about their employees and it's the fear of not being able to replace them, you know, mm -hmm. and as you said, the war on talent and that, and it's one thing when you're, you know, uh, a hundred million dollar business. It's another thing when you're a million dollar business because mm -hmm. the the size matters and and they're able to recruit and they're able to offer better mm -hmm. benefits. And so sure. so the smaller company is sitting here saying, well, how do I how do I compete against that? And so I and so I guess that's kind of my next question is how do they compete? for that war when they're told, you know, David and Goliath kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they're, like I said before, people are looking for different things inside of an environment. Now it's not just about the money. Mm -hmm. People really want flexibility and autonomy. They want to live a more balanced life. We don't mm -hmm. call it work-life balance. We call it work-life integration yeah. uh, at nice. true you and ML mm -hmm. because work is a part of who we are. We spend more time, you know, at our jobs typically than we do with our families. And so they're looking for more of that fulfillment. They're looking for that opportunity. And it doesn't matter if you're in a small company or a large company, you know, they're still looking for the same thing. So it's really understanding, you know, how are we going to operate? And the best advice that I can give them that is to have an operating system that this comes out of, set the parameters early and, and often. So what, here are the expectations for what, how we run our business and how we take care of our people and mm -hmm. give them what they're looking for while also accountability. We talk a lot about accountability inside our organization. If you set the appropriate expectations, accountability is easy. But I think, I think a lot of companies get that expectation part. It's a miss. And uh, and then it's hard to hold them accountable because they haven't set the trajectory and have not been clear about what that looks like. Yeah. And 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 again, I, I think there, especially in the smaller businesses, it is a matter of the tail wagging the dog. And I think mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of employees that know are aware of this war and and use that to their advantage. And and again, they may mm -hmm. not be the right people for the, the company. And I, I acknowledge that. But I think that as the 
I think the business owner fears, you know, how do I don't want to make this change for fear of, you know, it may lessen my value or my revenue may go down if I fire this cancer in the office, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's a balance. And so it, it, it I, oh man, I, it, it's such a challenge. And, and I, and I don't think that there's one, and maybe I'm wrong. Is there, there's no one right way to do this. No, I got it. no, because all your people are different. Yeah. It's one of the things that I love about what we do at true you is because people are looking, everybody's looking for some pathway forward of growth. And mm-hmm. every individual or person needs something different. And True You offers such a diverse platform and information okay. and, of content. And so we are giving them things that they need around conflict resolution, how to give and receive effective feedback, you know, tooling them up with real life things that are happening, you know, so that they can yeah. go at these things and handle them appropriately with more confidence um, and also the, the relationship building piece of it so that they don't have to go to their managers. They can have conversations with their peers about what's working and what's not working. Well, and, I, and it's funny you say that because I, I was, I was talking to, I was talking to a bunch of lawyers a couple of weeks back and the people that, that we serve, you know, it's the org chart. It's not just mm-hmm. the person at the top. And, right. and, and I guess from the business owners that we work with, they care about their people. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny because they care, they, they care of what happens to them, but yet they're willing to sacrifice, you know, themselves or their earnings or their, their value mm-hmm. creation by not making the decisions regarding them, yeah. which is such a weird, now that I say that, I'm like, boy, that is weird why they don't do that. Yeah. It's a delicate balance. Yeah. And we talk about people and profits, not people over profits or profits over people, because that's yeah. where things can go south really fast. Right. And it's a, there's a fine line between making sure that we are making money as an organization, because if we don't do that, we can't thrive. But if we don't have the people, we won't thrive either. So it's a balance of really understanding the needs of our people, paying attention to them, growing them, investing in them, but also being able to, like I said before, hold them accountable for the pieces of their job that keep the business going. And so, you know, it's a heavy lift for those leaders, but we always talk about the mid-level manager. We invest a lot of time in that mid-level manager or people leaders and emerging leaders. And I'm not talking about people who necessarily have somebody directly underneath them, but someone that is a leader, even of influence. And so investing in them, helping them understand what is the purpose of the organization? What is the vision? Where are we going? And what are the core values that we operate out of and helping them make sure that they have a clear understanding of what that is so that they can coach and teach and create other leaders based on that, on those concepts. When, as we, as we move from, from that infrastructure, that supporting infrastructure, and we move into the business owner that is focused on income creation and value creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the three components are that business is personal, you know, mm-hmm. exit strategy is a business strategy and embrace contingent planning. And this mm-hmm. is, I, I believe this was a, from an article, I either Harvard business review or from, um, uh, entrepreneur magazine. But where, what I wanted to know is I, I see, I see how business is personal. All right. I see you talking about it 
all the time. And mm-hmm. I see that, you know, you need to have contingencies, you know, just baked into your, into your business. But I, mm-hmm. I guess I failed to see the exit strategy in, in, in the, in the people. I mean, I, I alluded to it that I see how, you know, that the people will facilitate you having a better exit because it's less reliant upon you. But I guess mm-hmm. what I, I wanted to, to, to know is, you know, in your, your experience, I mean, what, what do you see on that number two on that, uh, that exit, exit strategy is a, is, you know, is a strategy in your business. Mm-hmm. So what we see is that organizations or leaders of those organizations have to be really intentional about investing in that next level of leader. So in understanding, here's the vision for, because what we believe is culture is built based on the visionary of the organization. Like this, he's casting the vision. HR builds out the foundation for it, but it's that mid-level manager and the future of your organization that is really going to implement what culture will look like down the road. And, and they will long outlive once you are out retiring. You know, I look at companies like Buckingham, um, Brad Chambers, he's running for office, but he had to really share what the vision for his organization was uh, and build out an executive team so that he could move on to what he wanted to do and spend a lot of time investing in back into and having conversations and understanding this is where I see the organization going and here's what my thoughts are. Now you take my baby and run with it. And we have so many leaders inside of the true you community and our ML clients that are doing the same thing. Um, I bring up his name because he's, you know, with all the politics in the world today, he's someone that a lot of people know in the business world who have made an exit strategy for himself successfully so he can move on and do what he's passionate about to make a bigger, you know, um, impact in the community. But we all have, we don't want to do this forever, but it's really up to us to invest in the future leaders of your organization and help them be prepared for your exit. So when, when you help prepare this next level manager, what does that mean? Because I think a lot of business owners are like, ah, you know, it, it, it just means giving them a raise and kind of broadening, broadening their, you know, their purview. But, Mm -hmm. but based on you shaking your head, that's not it. (laughs) No. What we see is a lot of people get promoted because they're really good at their jobs then, but they have not been given the proper foundational skills, tools to develop the skills to lead people. And so what we do is help them build that foundation that, you know, from an emerging leader perspective, a leader that's moving up in training, um, all the way up to that advanced leader, we are providing them with the tools that they need to to be a great leader themselves and to create other great leaders, to work through conflict, to be an adaptive leader, because every one of your people needs something different and you have to come at them with a different approach. And you need to be agile and versatile to be able to pull, you know, right. out of your quiver the tools that you need. And so we teach that and it's ongoing. It doesn't stop with the three month cohorts that we have. We continue to teach them monthly because the world is evolving and people have needs greater yeah. than what we are skilled with today. Well, and and that, and that was kind of part C of the question was, you know, how long does it take? I mean, I, I know most business owners are like, yeah, all right, I'll send them to a week boot camp. And that's, that's yeah. not it, right? It's ongoing. All right. Yeah, it's ongoing. And it's really understanding the competencies of your leaders. You know, on the ML side of the house, we work with a lot of organizations to help them build out 
uh, competency measurement tools and yeah. understanding where your people are and then building out a performance plan to help them get to where they're going. We plug in the tools that they need, the training that they need to get them where they're going. But the biggest and most important thing, Ed, is your leaders have to have a growth mindset. They've got to be willing to step into that mm. place of being poured into getting hard feedback. You're underperforming in this place, but you're overperforming here. Here's the gap. And, and we're wanting to invest in you to help you get there because we have big plans for you. And a lot of leaders today are, are like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love the idea of it, um, but I'm too busy working my day job to be able to invest in myself to get me to where I want to go. And so for us, it's really about helping them understand you can have both and you will need to have both so that you can grow inside this organization and continue the longevity of the opportunities that are possible for you. I got it. Have uh, you seen any studies on this? I know, you know, I know it, it, you know, there has to be, there has to be studies that have oh, been yeah. done. So I'm just curious to know, you know, as far as contribution to, to value, what, what have you seen? Mm -hmm. So uh, McKinsey and company did a study and they talked about companies become more valuable when they focus, I said, on profits and people. But companies with great cultures deliver a return to shareholders 60 percent higher than median companies and 200 percent higher than those in the bottom quartile. So at the end of the day, when you have a better, you know, a good culture, a great culture, you're just going to deliver uh, on higher, you know, fin financially higher. Yeah. And so uh, that's one that we stand by. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you, that you say that because it, it, I mean, it makes total sense. I, I, I just, mm -hmm. I find it hard to believe why people don't do this. And it just, it, it, it's kind of a head scratcher on, and I'm in the same camp. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, thinking of my own company. I'm like, well, you know, do we, you know, we're profitable. We, we do good things. Mm -hmm. Do do we have that culture that perpetuates that somebody would come in and say, yeah, that's a great culture to be in and mm -hmm. and why somebody would want to acquire us? Um, mm -hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, any you know, there's a lot of noise that goes on in a company. What's the signal that you find that you know, mm -hmm. you've got a problem? Yeah. First and foremost is high turnover. You know, if you are churning and burning people like crazy, you got to take a, a, a pause and look at that. You've also got to be paying attention. We do things called stay conversations uh, through in between our performance review sessions. We're having monthly or biweekly conversations to look for things like burnout, lack of work-life balance, uh, communication issues with managers or leaders or with uh, peers, yeah. disengaged employees you know, things like office gossip, you know, these are all things that are kind of triggers to a toxic um, and damaging company culture. And so a leader has to get in front of those and have the hard conversations sometimes to really rectify those or get those turned around so that you don't, or if you do have a burnout employee, what does that look like? How can we do, um, we're an EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system company, and how do you do an elevate and delegate so that you can look at the um, roles of that person mm -hmm. to pull back on some of the responsibilities uh, to avoid burnout. Are people taking vacations? Are when they're taking vacations, are they actually disconnecting? Or is there this unwritten expectation for them to be working while also trying to vacation 
because you can't really shut it off. I see a lot of that in the workplace yeah. today. And I'm also guilty no, of it too. Me too. I, I, it's funny because we were, we, we just came back from, uh, from Nashville and, and, you know, in the mornings before everybody was up, I was, I was the guy, you know, same. triaging emails. So I'm, I'm guilty yep, of it same. Too. Yeah. I enjoy that. We, we were in Cabo a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago now. And, uh, my team was like, you need to take teams off your phone. You need to stop looking at email and let us just handle it. And I'm telling you what the freedom behind doing that, I came back ready to run, really? you know, the, the Q4, you know, sprint. I was like, let's go. I think I looked at email one time on Friday morning to just make sure that I wasn't missing anything going into the weekend. And uh, it was, it was great. So I highly encourage that nothing, the, the house isn't going to be on fire. And if it is, they'll let you know. Oh, boy. I hear you. Yeah. Um, so how do you assess your culture? I mean, is there a, is there a way mm -hmm. that you can like somebody that's listening to this and this is the, you know, this is the, they hear it at the end of every episode that, you know, your people, your people, you know, pour into your people and, and that mm -hmm. will make the greatest impact. So, uh, but this is probably your, in fact, I know you're the first person that has ever talked about this. So how, how does person unfamiliar with any of this you know i'm just trying to keep mm -hmm. my keep the boat afloat keep keep revenue coming in but how yeah. how do i know how do i measure where i'm at is, is there an easy way to measure or no i know you said high turnover but but mm -hmm. you know what if i what are where's the the red flag and then how do i rectify yeah. it yeah i think that a good litmus test Ed is looking at how much you're spending on recruiting versus retention. I mentioned mm, it a little yeah. bit earlier, but if you are keeping an eye on your employees, you're investing in them, you're growing them, you'll be spending a whole lot less money on recruiting, recruiting efforts and being able to pour back into them, which then in turn, um, you know, pours into the bottom mm -hmm. line. Another way to measure, we've been talking about it a little bit, is measuring the performance of your people. That will tell you the health of your organization. You know, are they... Um, out exceeding goals? Are they excited to come to work? Are they out? You know, Mike Lance, who's the uh, founder of our organization, will always say on the weekends, will your uh, people, if they love what they're doing, will they pick up a True U shirt or an ML shirt over wearing IU or Purdue? Mm -hmm. You know, what's their willingness to be able to promote how excited they are to be a part of your organization? I think there's a lot of ways to measure this, but I think the most important way is having an operating system and a plan to make sure that you know this is this is how we do it. And then at the end, of, this is how we measure it. So making sure that you start always with a talent plan to set yourself up for success and all of those things that I mentioned fit into that talent plan. So I know one of the questions that is bound to come up to me, it has to do with EOS. And I know you guys are, you guys are participants, you know, mm -hmm. years ago it was E-Myth and now with, with Michael Gerber, and now it's, it's EOS. How, um, and I've, I've taught, been trying to get David Mann to, to get me a, someone from, uh, the EOS organization on here, but from your experience, I mean, is it, is it necessary to have the two together? You know, the work on the culture mm -hmm. and and have kind of the the company operating system running. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are huge fans of EOS. Andrew Williams is our implementer. 
Chris Mill is on our team as our integrator. And, you know, I didn't work in EOS prior to coming mm-hmm. to this organization. And I cannot tell you how it has cleaned up our processes. It keeps us on plan. It keeps us accountable and it allows us the space to have hard conversations and work through those faster. And so we are huge fans of EOS. We put a lot of our companies and clients on it just so that we can move quicker through um, the murky waters. You know, there's a lot of things that are happening inside of our organizations all the time. And often without EOS, what I've seen in the past is we get stuck. And what I love about our implementers is they help facilitate us through that getting stuck period. And then you just follow the process. We are all about the process and making sure that we're following it um, to the plan, getting it done and saying things like, is this the highest and best use of your time? Are these, they call them rocks, goals, things that you're working towards. Is this going to help move that rock to success and completion? Or is that going to deter you away? And it keeps, you know, we have a visionary. He's very visionary. He has great ideas and we're all very excited about the ideas that he comes to the table. But sometimes we have to table those exciting ideas because we got to focus on what's right in front of us for this particular quarter. The other thing I love about EOS is it works in like quarter to quarter and not try to eat the whole elephant, you know, all at one time. We're working one quarter at a time. So what advice do you have for companies looking to transform uh, or enhance their culture um, at, and yeah. positively impact the valuation? Yeah, I love this question, Ed. So the first thing that I would say is know the purpose of your organization, cast the vision, help your people understand the core values that you operate out of and teach them to every single leader inside of your organization. Create that talent plan. If you don't have one today, it is what we Um, It's what we do. We help organizations build out those talent plans that help you get to revenue uh, faster and better. Um, You want to align your PV, we call it PVC, purpose, vision and and values, hire the right people for the right seats and then help them excel in their roles, whether they're looking for lateral moves or expanding in the seat that they're in. Give them the tools. People don't leave organizations where they feel valued and bring value. Mm-hmm. And your people are your most valuable asset, whether you are looking to sell or not. And you need it to be as healthy as possible for that opportunity to thrive. 100%. So does, does true you work regardless of the type of business, whether it's a, a you know, a remote workforce or, you know, I've got, yeah. you know, uh, boots on the ground or, you know, we're fragmented across countries and continents. Yeah. Does it still work? Yeah. Absolutely. We have companies that are located right here in Indianapolis where we're, we're chatting from today. But, you know, COVID did yeah. this where we we got to create the platforms that we have. We got to take them simulcast virtual so that we could have a larger reach. Okay. And so we have several remote companies. Uh, we've actually created content opportunities. We used to do everything on Tuesday mornings from eight until 10. Well, for our West Coast friends, that's right. super early. And so we've created content on Thursdays that are all virtual for any employee at 11 a.m. that they can tune into. And we take a deep dive into some of the issues and things. All of our content is created from the requests of our member companies. Okay. And so and it's an exclusive group of people who believe that their people are their number one yeah. competitive advantage. And so they're learning um, from each other, but they're also learning tools from a vetted thought partner. And those are also all around the country as well. So, well, let's move on to true you. So how does true you yeah. work? 
I mean, I, I, I mean, everybody's, everybody's like, well, you know, it's just a, it's a community and, and it's far, I know enough people in it to know that it's far more than just a little community. So, so how, how does (laughs) it work? And, you know, if, if I was coming, coming to you, how would I be onboarded and when, and when should I expect, you know, the miraculous change here in my practice? I love that. Uh, so we are an exclusive group of, of member companies, organizations that really focus on culture. And um, they are there's a, a vetting process because we want to make sure that as an organization, you've got a growth mindset because for true you to work for you, you've got to already set the context and have the expectations of a growth mindset. You've got to support your people and being a willing to have them come to True You and invest in their events and giving them the space in their calendars to be able to invest in themselves. It's a two hour per quarter for each peer group. We focus on executives. We focus on HR leaders and definitely that mid-level manager and emerging leader. And then um, and then the last part is accountability. You got to be willing to hold them accountable to their learning and whether it's true you or, or wherever they go to be poured into and to learn. You've got to be asking the questions during those stay conversations and performance reviews. What are you doing to grow yourself? And when you go to these things, what are you walking away with and applying? So, you know, I can't really give you and it's really the time frame is based on the organization and how quickly they're willing sure. to get their people to start coming and how often they attend the things. Um, I think that there's a lot of places for mid-level managers. Uh, there's a lot of places for executives and HR leaders to go to get poured into. But I think the thing that makes our community so different is that we spend a lot of time investing in that mid-level manager and the future of these organizations to help get them ready for what's to come. And uh, that makes us different. They get to learn from their peers, people in different companies, but similar seats. They're learning from vetted thought partners, gaining additional tools and resources. Um, And so the companies that pour in to their people the most are the ones that get the highest success the fastest. Interesting. Um, Your turn in the hot seat. Now I I have a pretty good idea what you're going to, how you're going to answer this, but nevertheless, I'm still going to ask it. So if you had one piece of advice, that you would mm-hmm. give our listeners that would have the most immediate impact on their business and its saleability, what would it be? Yeah. When you grow your people, you grow your culture. And so help people become the best versions of themselves and they will absolutely do the very best okay. work for you. What's the best way we can find you? Yeah. On LinkedIn, Amber Fields. That's easy enough. Well, well yeah. Amber, I, I can tell you, I, I, and, and I may have already told you that, you know, out of, or I think we're well over a hundred episodes and the majority of people that I ask that question always say it's the people, it's the people and getting, and getting the business owner out of, out of, you know, being the business. And so, yeah, so I'm so grateful that you took the time this morning to, to come hang out yeah. with me and, and I look forward to it, to, to seeing what, I, who and what I can, you know, share with the true you. So is there any, anything that you want me to just point them to your website? Yeah. Point true them to our website. Com. Yep. True you.com. Yeah. Yep. And uh, if they want to have a conversation about what that can look like to make a difference for their organizations. We would love to chat. This is, you know, we're on mission for helping organizations become the best versions of themselves as well. And we're doing that through one person at a time. And so, you know, and I'm, I'm fascinated with people in business. I love to hear their stories, why they do what they do. 
And I'm excited to be on Mission. You know what? And I'm glad you said that because I I think that probably is, is one of your superpowers is, is that you are approachable, you are transparent and you are giving of your time, regardless of, you know, the universe has a a funny way of rewarding people that do things like that. And so, so I, I, I have to endorse that. Yeah, you are, you are available and, and, you know, are willing to share what, you know, and Awesome. Well, Amber, thanks again for coming and hanging out. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Anytime. This was another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast. For more episodes packed with strategies to increase the value of your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com for show notes, transcripts, and free tools to start you on your journey. Subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes.